0: So, as I mentioned, our text this morning is taken from 2 Timothy 2, verses 20 and 21. We'll read these verses once again. Now, in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Beloved brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, there's a story about a man who would reg- regularly stop at a shop where there was an employee, an employee that wasn't very helpful, was rather lazy. One time when that man visited, he, he noticed that that employee was no longer there. And inquiring where he was, the owner said he had retired so the man naturally asked the owner, why hadn't he replaced him? And the owner responded that he didn't require replacing. In other words, he left no vacancy that needed replacing. He caused no hole that needed filling. So let's, let's think about that for a moment in terms of our membership in this congregation or in the congregation we are members. If we would leave or depart from this or that congregation, what kind of vacancy would you leave? What kind of hole? would you cause? Would your departure even be missed or noticeable? And I think that's a question we can ask in relation to our text this morning. Apostle Paul is making us reflect on this. What he wants us to ask ourselves is what kind of member of the church, am I? Earlier in this chapter, Paul was exhorting Timothy to be an approved workman, a worker, approved by God. So, in the first place, this message of Paul to Timothy is a message for office-bearers, for deacons and elders, for teachers in the church, but, but also for preachers. There's a lot of preachers in the congregation this morning. As one, one brother said to me one time on a similar occasion, this place is crawling with ministers. So, it's good for them to hear this message as well. It's good to reflect on this, brothers, as you and also the elders in our midst from elsewhere, as you think on your tasks in your congregations. Kind of worker are you? But it's not only for them, this passage, this text is also for every member of of the church as it's applied further. All who are part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, all who are in Christ Jesus. God wants us, that's what Paul is showing us in our text, God wants us to strive to be useful in His kingdom. He desires that we are honorable vessels in his house because those are the kind of vessels that he will use for the building up of his kingdom so this morning i preached to you god's holy word under this theme god uses cleansed people that is honorable vessels for his kingdom work that's our theme or summary or title of this sermon, God uses cleansed people that is honorable vessels for His kingdom work. And that means we are holy vessels, we are useful vessels, and we are prepared vessels. So first, we are holy vessels. The Apostle Paul in our text speaks about a large house. He says that in verse 20, in a great house house. That means a wealthy man's house, a house of a man of great means. So not an ordinary person's house, because in an ordinary person's house, you will only find basic vessels and utensils. But in a rich man's house, there will be all sorts of vessels, numerous kinds. There will be pots and pans, dishes, utensils, bowls, jars, and baskets. That is probably true of every house, but in a large house, in a stately mansion, you will find more than that. You will find fancy pots and utensils, gold and Silver ones, expensive ones. And I believe that's what Paul means then when he talks about honorable vessels the gold or silver ones, the fancy ones. But then, in distinction from that, there are the other vessels the wood or the clay vessels, the vessels of dishonor. You could say the disposable ones. So maybe you can think about it in your own home. In your home there might be silverware, chinaware, which you carefully wash and clean after use, as opposed to the paper plates and plastic forks, which you can simply throw away. Or you might have a beautiful container, a basket, in order to hold cards or flowers versus a waste basket or a trash can. There might be a container that holds valuable keepsakes versus the one that holds the smelly compost. You might have pots for your flour and your wine and your oil and your water, your milk, your butter, versus, and here you can think about the first century church, the chamber pot for the bathroom at night. So do you get the picture? Do you get what Paul is trying to bring out? Well, in Paul's metaphor, the large house is God's house, that is, the church of Jesus Christ, or or by extension, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And what Paul is saying, where you find God at work, working in his house, there you will find honorable vessels, but you will also discover dishonorable vessels. And so on one level, Paul is referring to the teachers in the church of Ephesus. That's the context, the direct context where Timothy was working. And Paul is comparing Timothy, authentic Timothy, against the likes of the bogus Hymenaeus and Philetus, verse 17. But on another level, you can also refer to the regular normal members of the church, the true believers, the active believers versus the hypocrites. The active members versus the inactive or Apathetic members. So Paul wants Timothy, the preacher, the pastor of that congregation, but also then those who he is teaching to strive, to desire, to be the vessels of honor and not the vessels for slop. So so what do honorable vessels in in God's large house look like? Well, before we answer that question, let's consider what they don't look like. So what are the dishonorable vessels? Paul gives us lots of insight here in this chapter alone, but also elsewhere in this letter in verse 22. He points out that the dishonorable vessels are those that live in youthful passion. Or verse 23, they have. They, it says there that there are those who are foolish and who involve themselves in ignorant controversies and breed quarrel. Verse 24 refers to those who are quarrelsome, those who are involved in irreverent babble. And then looking ahead in, a, in the next chapter, chapter 3, let's, let's read that for a moment. It says there, understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self. Lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure, Rather than lovers of God having the appearance of godliness, remember we said the hypocrite, but denying its power. Paul says, do not be like this, but be like this. Be an honorable vessel. Be a member of the church who teaches appropriately who teaches faithfully, who behaves uprightly, who lives honorably, who judges impartially. Or, verse 21, who are holy, set apart. Verse 22, who pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. And also in verse 22, who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Verse 24, it says, the Lord's servant is kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. They follow Paul's teaching. His conduct. Now I'm looking at chapter 3, verse 10. His, his aim in life, his faith, his patience, his love, his steadfastness, his persecutions and sufferings. They seek, verse 12 of chapter 3, to live a godly life. Or verse 14, they continue in the good things they learned. They are, chapter 4, verse 2, ready in season and out of season. God wants us, brothers and sisters, to be this kind of vessel in His church and His kingdom. He wants us to be dedicated to Him, consecrated, cleansed, holy. As the author of the Hebrews in chapter 12, 14 says, Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. God calls us to be holy vessels, honorable vessels, noble vessels, as it says in a different translation. What we discover from our text is that God will use, God will use such cleansed people to advance his kingdom. So we come to our second point we are useful vessels. Again, let's consider what is a vessel that is not useful. The false teachers that, that Paul has in mind that, that Timothy was dealing with, that they are not useful or valuable vessels in God's church and kingdom. They are the kind of, of pots and, and containers that have an expiry date a short shelf life that can only be used for a little while and then they become useless those kinds of vessels that don't survive the test of time or or the testing of fire of the hot scalding water of cleansing they are the dishonorable vessels that that will contaminate the honorable vessels Those who are not worthy of the kingdom, those that should be removed, who should be kept separate from God's people. The ones that are useful, therefore, will separate themselves from them and have nothing to do with them or their behaviors. It's very interesting that that Paul is talking about this to Timothy, because The name Timothy actually means literally the one who honors God. It's like Paul is saying in our verses, Timothy, live up to your name. That makes us think of what what Paul writes to Philemon in verse 11, that Philemon who had the slave named Onesimus, and Paul says that at one point, Onesimus was useless, not useful, not helpful to his master Philemon. But then, through the working of faith and the Spirit, through the Word, he became useful. And there too, Onesimus, Paul is playing with that, with that name. Onesimus means useful profitable, advantageous. Onesimus also became what he was named. You see, brothers and sisters, it is God who is at work in us, and it is God who wants to use us, that it's because of God that we become useful and valuable and noble and serviceful, for God will use cleansed people who flee sin and pursue godliness, those who desire the purity of doctrine and, and whose purity of life also are essential conditions of being serviceable to Jesus Christ. So, how, how do we become like this? How, how do God's people become useful Brothers and sisters, this is exactly why our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God from eternity came down to earth. He came to deal with the likes of us. He came to deal with a world, a people that had become useless in sin. This is what sin has done and continues to do. It renders mankind, it renders every human, it renders us incapable, to use the words of the Canons of the Lord, incapable of doing any good. Sin causes destruction of every institution on earth. Sin mars relationships. Sin mars our marriages, our relationships with our children, our parents, and our brothers and sisters in, in the congregation. Sin makes us dishonorable vessels. Think about what it says in Isaiah 64, verse 6. We have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away." Or consider what Paul himself now considers of himself. In Philippians 3, he says, "'Indeed, I count everything and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. What Paul is saying is that what he does in and of himself and whatever effort he makes to obey the law in his own power is all fit for the dung heap, for the chamber pot. Yes, this is why Christ came to earth. He came to take upon Himself our flesh, to stand in our place, to bear our shame, to endure the suffering we deserve, to be crucified and cursed for us. And in doing so, He shows Himself to be the useful, honorable vessel in the Father's kingdom to bring about the forgiveness of our sins, to give us salvation through His perfect sacrifice and death on the cross. And indeed, because of this, Christ was exalted so that all who believe in Him will be exalted, will be restored to God, will be reconciled to God, will be born-again believers active believers, spirit-filled, will become useful again, honorable again, sanctified and holy. Brothers and sisters, seek to be cleansed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Seek to be made useful in Him for the Father's kingdom. Is this what you want? Let us... Indeed, ask ourselves today what sort of hole is left if I leave this church or the church of which I am a member? Will I be missed? Now, we're not talking here about the fact that there are times when a congregation will not miss us because the congregation or members in that congregation are sinful and apathetic themselves. I'm talking about ourselves now. Will I be missed by our brothers and sisters? Maybe my answer is no. Maybe I won't be missed at all. Or maybe I would say, I don't know. Or I'm not sure. Well, brothers and sisters, that's your answer. Do not let that lead you to despair. Rather, do not forget to whom Paul is talking, to Timothy. Paul is encouraging his spiritual son, Timothy. And like him, let us be encouraged. Let us turn to Jesus Christ who died for us. Let us put our faith in Him and trust in the the Spirit that He gives let, let our answer drive us to desire the employment and exercise of our faith so that we become ready at any time to serve Him. That's our third point. We are prepared vessels, it says in our text, that we will be ready. We ought to be ready for every good work, just like in a large house The very useful pots, the very uh, serviceable, the the good, uh, the, the, the vessels that will really make a difference are there on the shelf, in the cupboard, ready to be used at a moment's notice. The true believer is also such a vessel in God's church and kingdom. He is in the state of readiness. She is eager and prepared it's what Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15. He says there, in, in the context of, of the spiritual armor, he says in verse 14 and 15, "'Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness.'" given by the gospel of peace, readiness. As Christians, we are soldiers who are always ready at all times to serve the master, ready to go on the offensive and preach the word, ready to go on the defensive and protect the truth. Peter puts it this way in 1 Peter 3, and that was the, the verse that was on the wall this morning, 1 Peter 3 verse 15, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. When an experienced hiker is going to leave on a hike, then his backpack, his sleeping system his cooking system, his food, his clothing, his ditty bag, it's all ready and prepared. When there's a coffee social, the cookies, the cups, the coffee, the tea, the juice, it's all made ready and prepared. When there's a wedding feast, everything is made ready for the big day. When there's a general synod, then a lot of work, goes into being ready, and brothers and sisters, ready you were. We who are vessels for honorable use are ready for every good work, eager to serve our Master, ready to act in a moment's notice, always there for others, growing in grace, learning God's Word, maturing in faith. This. And this is how we can conclude this is the approved workman paul is speaking about this is the vessel for honorable purpose this is the gold or silver vessel god wants us to be in his great house this is the worker or the pastor when he is gone he's left to go to another charge needs to be replaced. Brothers and sisters, there's no higher honor that can be imagined than to be an instrument in the Master's hand, to be a vessel of His for His purposes. There's there's no greater blessing than to be at Jesus Christ's beck and call for the furtherance of His kingdom. Yes, to be available for the king when he wants our service. Amen.